Welcome to The Burn, Beyond Firestop. I'm your host, John Zlepka. Our show, if you're not aware, is focused on life safety, which puts me on a mission to find the most interesting people in this space to get their unique perspective. Our hope is that our listening audience walks away with an understanding of how our guests and their businesses also contribute to the promotion of life safety of whatever is being built. Now, our show is brought to you by Specified Technologies, also known as STI Firestop. And since 1990, STI has been a leading global provider of innovative fire protective solutions that help stop the spread of fire, smoke, and hot gases. And our guest today is Mike Harrison, the global fire protection application engineering manager at Unifrax, who, in case you didn't know, is a global specialty fibers company focused solutions that make the world and your business a greener, cleaner, and safer place. Mike, I think I just said global three times in 10 seconds, but welcome. <laughs> yeah, you did. That's great. Thanks a lot, John. Happy to be here. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I guess let's start off with how are things in Niagara Falls? Slowly yeah. I turn. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Yeah, you know what? They're good. They're good. I'm currently here sitting in my basement in Niagara Falls where I've been for, I don't know, 15 months or so. So, but yeah, things are all right, man. They're starting to open back up and and it's we're slowly returning to a sense of normalcy here. So it's it's all good. Definitely want to get into the normalcy part of things, but I always want to start on a personal note, you know, doing my research for this episode, you know, before we jump into the whole business of things, I found out that you are a little bit of a Buffalo Bills fan which I guess makes sense since it's just a hop, skip, and jump over Grand Island. So I guess my first question is, tell me how it felt, say, between the years of 1990 and 1993. Start with Norwood, wide right, take me through how Dallas Cowboys in general. No, I'm kidding. Uh, listen, I'm a Vikings fan, so I understand losing uh, you know, four Super Bowls. But, uh, you know, things are looking good these days for you. Stefan Diggs, you're welcome for that. But, hey, how's, it, yeah. how's, how's being a Bills fan these days compared to some of those years I just mentioned? It's good, man. So I was just a kid, you know, that first year I was 10 years old. So I just remember my dad screaming at the TV, you know, I was a little young, we were all watching it, but, um, and then, you know, the, whatever, however many years that was, everybody reminds me and I try to forget how many, what, 20 something years without a playoff game or whatever. So we got a lot of the crew returning from last year. You know, we went nuts for the playoff games. It was unfortunate the way it went down, but it went down that way. But yeah, really looking forward to a good season this year. So you grew up in the Buffalo Niagara area? Yeah, been here my whole life. Awesome. Looks like you even went to school there, uh, SUNY Buffalo, School of Engineering and Applied Sciences, Mechanical Engineering degree. How'd you get interested in engineering to begin with? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I started out, I was going to community college and just kind of taking some courses. And I'd always been interested in math and stuff like that. And then I got, um, I took a liking to some of the physics courses and stuff I was taking, so mechanics and things like that. And I, I remember... I remember the professor I had, her name was uh, Usha Pandey. She said, she said, well, most of you are going to be engineers. And I thought, eh, I'll do that. <laughs> no, no lie. I, it was, it was that day. I'm like, that's what I'll do. So then I started looking into the program that UB had and they, at the time and they still do, they have a great program. So I transferred over there and a couple of years later, boom. I mean, it looks like right yeah. out of school, you went to work for a Unifrax. So uh, were they fortuitously based in the Buffalo area or did you have an idea that you wanted to work there? Did everyone know about the company in the, or, or tell me a little bit about that? I think you even interned there when you were in college. Yeah, I did. So historically, Unifrax uh, recruited a lot of ceramic engineers because they're, they make ceramic fibers kind of the, so they're high temperature insulation producers. So they had, they had recruited a lot of kids from uh, Alfred State um, for ceramic and, and uh, I actually 
the, the internship posted through a group that I was working with at UB, like a placement group. And it was in their uh, automotive group. So doing like mechanical testing and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. So I landed the internship and I worked there for about about a year doing that. I did a summer co-op and then they kept me on. And then, then a position opened up in our, uh, in our industrial thermal management at the time. So industrial products group for an application engineer. So I interviewed there and here we are, 18, 17, 18 years are. later. Wow. Nah, yeah. So I mean, I... <laughs> I guess tell me uh, or tell us a little bit about Unifrax. I mean, you mentioned the automotive um, and some of the thermal areas that you're involved in. I guess we can get to that, but um, maybe some of the roles or some of the things that you're not involved in and some of the things that you have been involved in over the years. Yeah, sure. So we have a number of, and it's funny because people that know Unifrax from the passive fire protection side, they kind of know about some of the things we do there, but that's a well, it's a strategic piece. It's a piece of our business. So we have other business units. We manufacture products. So part of that greener, cleaner, safer thing. Um, we manufacture products for uh, automotive catalytic converters. So support Matt for that. Um, we serve the uh, industrial markets. So uh, um, steel mills, things like that. So high temperature products that are going to those kind of furnaces and things like that. Um, then we have specialty fibers division, filtration, things like that. Um, trying to think what else we do outside of fire protection. That kind of covers it. So we're, so we're a lot, yeah, lot more broad than just, <laughs> just the fire protection. Yeah, so. Sure. So uh, in the fire protection and the things, uh, you've had a lot of different roles there over the years, I'm sure. Uh, what have you been involved in? Have you been involved in any of the testing or what you, what you've been doing? Sure. So I, after I, so I, when I started in the, in our, industrial group. I did the, an application engineering job there for a couple, two, three years. And then uh, Sarah Brewer, who a lot of people know, she's been around for a few years. She, she approached me one time in the hallway and said, hey, we're creating an application engineering position in our fire protection group. Be interested? I said, yeah, sure. So that was probably 14, 15 years ago. So I, so I slid over to that group. It was growing at the time, right? And so in that, I've, I've had a lot of roles. I've been in that group ever since. And in uh, doing things, you know, I've done an application engineering job for a couple of years and I went out in the field for a couple of years and back in for product management for a couple of years. And I've been doing this uh, engineering manager role for a few years. So, so kind of some of the things I've been involved in over the years are exactly that, like the, the technical support, the fire testing, the certification management and things like that. So we, we do a lot of cross-functional teams at Unifrax when we're developing products. So we tend to have someone from you know, our group, and then we have some, some development engineers and then people from the manufacturing sites and so on. So a lot of that kind of stuff. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, uh, being on the fire protection side of things, that's sort of where our worlds collide, right? Literally. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how your fire wrap family of products helps protect some of the various grease and air duct applications that you see out there and why it's so essential? There's kind of two big categories when we talk about duct, duct related things in a commercial space. So there's there's the grease ducts. So those are the ducts that are serving your commercial kitchen operation. So they're, they're taking grease-laden vapor out of the building. Those ducts are required to be in a fire-resistance fire rated enclosure. So a product that we're manufacturing for that, it's called FireWrap Elite 1.5. It wraps around that duct system, two layers of it, and it provides the, the required two-hour enclosure for that duct to take the grease-laden vapor safely out of the building. So kind of the other side of the commercial duct operation would be what I would call all other duct types. So um, what you might call a life safety duct. So like a stairwell pressurization duct or really any duct moving air throughout a building. Similar requirements are, are exist in the code to 
protect those ducts, really you don't want those ducts to act as a conduit for spreading fire throughout a building. So um, it's a little less, it's a, it's a more indirect path to code compliance than it is for say a grease duct. So it's, it's what's known as an alternative method. Um, so it's a little less direct, but um, still we're providing a code compliance solution to protect those ducts. So, I, I mean, we, in fire stopping, we have systems and solutions. We've tested third-party labs to meet, like, international fire standards, code requirements, and commercial buildings. You do a lot of that same testing, correct? Yeah, we do. So, um, for us, it, it goes beyond just what happens when a duct goes through a wall or a floor. So, while that's part of the testing requirement, just like it is for, a, for like, a pipe or something like that in your world, um, it, it's more than that because you're protecting that entire duct system. So for example, this grease duct that would maybe in a, a drywall uh, shaft enclosure as it exits the building, instead of being in there, it's wrapped with our product. So, so there's testing that involves, you know, where it goes through the floor wall, as well as demonstrating that that product's going to contain a fire inside the duct and prevent an external fire from entering the duct. And then, like I said, using that duct as a conduit to spread fire throughout the building. So so there's some slightly different standards out there for for um, uh, the duct systems, in addition to the standard that's used for through penetration fire stop. So there's a couple of them: ASTM E two three three six. That's the that's the code recognized grease duct standard. And then there's another one that we've done a lot of work through the IC group, which is ASTM E twenty eight sixteen. So that that's one specifically designed for air ducts. So so the code, not to get too far in the weeds, but I talked about this alternate methods thing. The, the code doesn't tell you exact, the code tells you what to do. It, the code says, separate the duct with a two hour enclosure or put a damper in it. So test your two hour enclosure to ASDME 119. So you can't test a duct to that. So we get to these, what we call purpose built standards, which is that ASTM E2816 standard that I, that I talked about. So the IC, so I'm involved with that group as the, as the duct committee chair there. So we've, We've over the years done a lot of work with, with that standard and evolving the standard and creation of the standard to get it where it is today. Awesome. Yeah, I, I want to jump into the IFC in a little bit. Uh, let's stay on Unifrax right now uh, and some of the other products there. I mean, I know that they're they're noted for being leaders in low bio-persistent fiber, LBP fiber, right? Uh, for the benefit of our listeners, can you discuss this a little bit and how it can you know help? Yeah, so... So, and, and I'm not a, you know, we, we have a whole crew of uh, health and safety folks, but, but I'll talk to it the best I can. Really, what, what that LBP means is uh, w- with these fibers, they can become airborne, right? So any kind of fibrous blanket or fibrous material. So what the low biopersistence basically means is your body can eliminate those fibers so that they're not going to be trapped in your lungs um, over time, like some, some of the other fibers years ago. I won't mention any names of fibers, but... So these, these are more of the um, user-friendly variety. So that's why they're utilized in a lot of our products that are, that are installed in a commercial setting, right? So these people that are installing those products day in and day out, they're cutting them. Um, they have a level of comfort with those, with those fiber types that, that your body can eliminate them. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to give you guys a shout out for that because, I'm, I, I, like I said, I'm doing my research here and uh, it looks like you guys are uh, the leading edge for that kind of thing. So definitely advantageous for contractors to use your products on a job. And uh, now let's jump back into the IFC. All right. I, that's where we met, right. right? In March of 2020. Um, it was it was a crazy time, right? It was, I didn't even think that the, the conference was going to happen at the International Fire Stop Council. And, you know, tell me a little bit more about your work. You mentioned that you're the head of the duct committee. 
what else have you worked on over there with the IFC? So, so I've been doing the duck committee role. So I've been participating in those meetings. I don't know, so probably 14, 15 years. Um, I've, I've been chairing that group, the duck committee. So, so I, I watched your, your podcast with Pat Deshay. He, he heads up our, uh, inspectors committee, right? So yeah. we have several committees in that or, organization and we all kind of follow that, the same mission statement of the overall IFC group, right? So we're, basically promoting life safety. So whether that's through codes and standards development, education, or, or whatever it needs to be, that that's kind of what our group is doing. So, so within that group, uh, we're working on things like I mentioned that, that standard for air adopt and educating folks on that standard. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of uh, misinformation in the marketplace. So we try to, we try to write a lot of that information, uh, get it on the, get on the straight and narrow. And so we, we publish uh, white papers and things like that. So for example, we published one, yeah, well, I was last year, not long after our meeting, UL made some changes to how they list some of these fire rated duct assemblies. So we published a white paper, just kind of highlighting those changes and why they're important. So we do a lot of things like that. And then we get involved in the, in the education side. We have a, we have a, we have a, uh, a section in the, you know, in the training presentations and so on that the folks are doing across the country. Awesome. Uh, and an interesting fact about Mike and the IFC, he may be the last person whose hand I shook in a business setting. Accidentally, of course, it was, I think, at the end of our <laughs> round the comp there. But uh, like I said earlier, it is nice to see things uh, opening back up. And I hope I get to see it in person sometime soon at one of these meetings. But uh, so, Mike, the last portion of the show, uh, we typically dedicate to anything that our guests like to promote as far as new products, uh, any updated codes or standards to be aware of that are coming out, any book launches, maybe um, anything at all, really. I mean, I know I've seen, I've seen a lot of LinkedIn posts, but why don't, why don't you go ahead and tell us? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take a second to make a plug here. So, um, you know, in this whole COVID world thing, right? So, so I'll go ahead and say it. this is my first ever podcast appearance. So, um, but, but along with that, we, we started, Unifrax started taking on a lot of uh, producing a lot of webinar type series, right? So just trying to remain connected with folks and, and, and just get in front of people when we can. So we're, we actually uh, kicked off a, a series for the built environment. Uh, that would have been late April. It was recorded. It's available. You could catch it on my LinkedIn or on the, on the Unifrax uh, site there. And it basically had to do with um, pacifier protection and our kind of our offering in the, the built environment. So kind of like a, kind of like a preview of the, the offering that we have for across a, a bunch of different levels and it really it's going to kick off a, a series of an, an additional three webinars that we're going to put out so one of them is going to be for uh for aia so continuing education you get one hsw credit and that one's going to be all about commercial exhaust duct systems so some of the stuff we talked about and then we'll have another that'll be an hour then we'll have another one that's 30 minutes that's going to focus uh strictly on so i mentioned that the, the all other duct types or these air ducts being alternates to code prescribed methods. So that we're going to do one specifically focused on that and kind of the ins and outs of code compliance. And then we'll have one more that's on um, uh, dryer protection systems. So, so when you're kind of multifamily units, three stories or less, the, the per, we have a product that protects the dryer vents as they exit the building in those spaces. So, so those are kind of to come uh, this summer. So uh, look out for those. That'd be my, that's my, Here's my plug for those. <laughs> awesome. Hey, and uh, Mike, if you have any links, send them over to me. We'll put them in the show notes to make sure that people can uh, follow you either on LinkedIn or wherever you want them to. This way they can click there and register for some of these upcoming webinars. I love that you guys are providing 
that that training and just kind of giving back in that way. Awesome. Hey, any other trade yeah, shows that you have coming up? Some live things that maybe I, you're back business traveling or not so much yet? Ah, business travel. I, you know what? The first trade show we have, it, it, in far, as far as this world, is probably in Vegas in uh, late January. It's the Ashray Show, AHR. So it's kind of focused on this sort of thing, right? So all, all things kind of air movement, I guess I could be an okay way to describe that. So um, as far as getting back out there, you mentioned IFC, man. It's looking like we might have an in-person meeting in September in Annapolis. That's not that far for you. <laughs> no, that, that would be awesome. Um, looking forward yeah. to some of those things, you know, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, uh, uh, Mike, hey, great catching up with you and getting to know you a little bit better today and appreciate your time. Yeah, you too, John. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. And, and I want to thank you, our listening audience. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. I sure hope you found some value today in our discussion with Mike. And be sure to check out the show notes for some links to the, some of the things that we talked about. And finally, if you did enjoy the episode, it's a great benefit to us if you could like it, review it, uh, wherever you get your podcast from. This way, others would also benefit from this content. They can find it as well. So share it, recommend us, whatever you do. I don't know, comment on our social media posts, whatever you can do to help. Much love. Thank you. Um, and to catch all the latest and greatest from STI, please visit our website, www.stifirestop.com. And until next time, this is The Burn.